Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Millionaire, the official podcast for the number one affiliate marketing channel on YouTube with over 36 million views and counting. Here are your hosts, ODI Productions and Kit Thatch. All right, welcome back to another episode of Affiliate Marketing Millionaire Podcast. And today we are going to be going over some of the biggest mistakes people, especially beginners, make with affiliate marketing, especially in 2023. There's a lot that's been changing over the past year, so we're going to really get into it. And Odie, I want to turn it over to you. Nine years experience in affiliate marketing. I think you have a great perspective on just some common mistakes people make and also some mistakes people are making now in 2023. Yes, thanks for the intro, Kit. Today we have a really fun topic. This is actually one of our most downloaded episodes that we did in the past, which is the top five mistakes that beginners make in affiliate marketing. And I actually just released a YouTube video. By the time you're listening to this, it's probably live on my channel. And I go into 10 biggest affiliate marketing mistakes in 2023 specifically, because this year is actually gonna bring on some new challenges that we haven't faced before, but a lot of the same as well that I've seen over my nine years of experience and also coaching thousands of students. I see people make these mistakes again and again, and 2023 is gonna be no different. So that said, we're gonna jump into the first one, which is focusing your time and energy on the wrong things or on non-revenue generating activities. And I actually have some data here, so in the video, but you can also look up Growth Badger blog statistics. And this has data from a sample size of over 1,000 bloggers where they compare what are the factors that make a blog successful. And this is comparing bloggers who are earning over $50,000 per year and then lower income bloggers who are less successful. And what's interesting about this, the top factors are quality of content, eye-catching headlines and introductions, SEO, email subscribers, and site appearance design and performance. Those are the top five. And with some of these, there's a really large discrepancy between the successful and the unsuccessful. So we're just gonna start from the top. Quality of content, that one, both the unsuccessful and the successful bloggers had as number one, which is great. But then we have eye-catching headlines and introductions, and there's a little bit more of a discrepancy here, and I think it's because copywriting and also that part of content where this is what's gonna show up on the Google search results, right, on the SERPs. And if your copywriting is not up to snuff where you have really good enticing headlines that's gonna hook people in, it's gonna get their attention, it's gonna get them to click, you're not gonna get as good of a click-through rate. If people are not clicking through from the search results, to your actual content, then you're not generating any sort of affiliate sales, you're not getting any sort of traffic. So this is really important, and it's one of the many hats that affiliates have to wear is copywriting. Now, moving on to the next three, because SEO, email subscribers, and site appearance design performance, these have the biggest discrepancy on this chart, and starting with SEO. SEO is the number one channel for affiliate sales. The unsuccessful bloggers are not as focused as the successful ones. And that's obvious because it's like, if you're a successful blogger, SEO is part of your toolbox. It's something that, you know, you may not be the world's SEO expert, but you are to a degree, probably an SEO expert of some level. Now, email subscribers is something you guys have heard me talk about. It's a profit maximizer. It allows you to own your customer list. When you build on all these other platforms and you're not building your own platform, like your own website and email subscriber list, you don't own your customer list. You don't have those assets. You're relying on an algorithm 
and a network that could ban you overnight or the algorithm can shadow ban you, right? So you just don't have as much control as someone who actually does own their brand. They own their custom domain, the website, the email list. This is something that you have a direct line to your customers, you know, throughout the whole calendar year. And then the last one, site appearance, design, and performance, which there's a big discrepancy here between the unsuccessful and the successful. And you've heard me talk about transitioning from WordPress to JetPage with my affiliate sites because I didn't want to worry about performance again. Core Web Vitals is part of Google's initiative for better performing websites moving into the future. This includes load times. And for me, I mean, who doesn't love a fast website? You know, websites that take forever to load, I mean, I'm already off it. I'm already clicking the back button. So are so many millions of other visitors online. So looking at these top five factors, Kit, I mean, what what do you have to say about this and what makes the successful people successful versus the unsuccessful uh, just from these five factors alone? Yeah, I think actually what's interesting is that eye-catching headline introduction. I think a lot of people agonize over creating content and kind of place equal weight on all of it instead of really taking the bulk of the time to go, what is going to get people in here? And so really understanding that that's sort of a separate thing than just writing, you know, write a really great detailed review, but make sure that you're getting those things that's going to get people to click in the first place. The other thing is site appearance and design. A lot of people are not don't have a great eye for design. And that's why you can go look at I know it's why JetPage has the very standard template that your site will look professional and modern. You don't actually necessarily want to get super creative, have this artsy site. If you've ever used them, those can be incredibly confusing and frustrating to navigate. There, there's a restaurant I love and their site has these loading icons of pasta and things like that. And it's just a pain <laughs> like your restaurant, I want the menu. And it's the same yes. with your affiliate site. It should look clean, modern, great white space, centered text, but you don't want to sort of overdo it. And so I think that's something that, you know, people who are new to it, they sort of some sort of have this still like build it and they'll come, hey, I'm just, I'm online now. Why aren't people looking at my articles? But that site appearance design and performance and that stuff that's going to matter, that's continuing to get bigger. Google's released updates since then raising the importance of that. And with them really trying to weed out, you might've heard of AI content, but it's mostly low quality content. And a great indicator of low quality content is a poor performing website and a really poorly designed website. Yeah, two more notes to add on to that on design. I mean, one, when it comes to affiliate sites, some million dollar affiliate sites look absolutely ugly I don't know if you guys have seen some of these, but there are million dollar sites that just look so dated like they're from the 90s and people are shocked when they learn how much money they're generating because at the end of the day, it's about information. Look at Wikipedia. That's not the prettiest site from like a UI perspective, but it gets the job done and it's very, very uh, structured well for SEO and for ranking. And at the end of the day, the Google bot does not discriminate with your design. They only read HTML, so they can only see your HTML tags. Obviously humans are different and humans would like to look at a nice site, but it's more important for me that it's fast and I can read the information in like a legible font than for it to be like a statement art piece. So that's the first mistake, not focusing on the top five factors for success that is easily going to you know be a trap that a lot of beginners fall into because you get this idea that everything's equal like for example with content the parallel with youtube is working on your thumbnail and your title and me historically i've not put as much emphasis on the thumbnail as i have in the actual content itself and that's actually been one of my weaknesses is i need to spend more time on the thumbnail but to me that's like something i just 
uh, put together last minute. I just throw it on. But they, obviously, if that's the reason people click through to actually watch that video that you spent hours to edit and produce, then you better be working on that thumbnail and that title and trying different things and experimenting and just really being vigilant. So let's move on to mistake number two. And this is not building on a platform that you own or just the wrong platform to generate affiliate sales where your customers are just not hanging out. So according to the data, I wrote a blog article, Affiliate Marketing Industry Statistics of 2022, had some really fascinating data points. The top three affiliate sources were SEO, social media, and blogging. Two out of that three has to do with owning your own website, SEO and blogging, okay? So with this, I see so many beers make the mistake of not having a platform that they own. Again, you know, assets that you own, such as your website, your organic visitors, ranking on page one for certain keywords, having an email list, right? These are assets that you could actually sell off to another person and flip your website, right? Now, if we're talking about beginners, some of them just want to get away with doing everything with just like a Facebook page or like a Facebook account. And that's not going to fly for these affiliate programs. When they ask you, what's your website URL? and you share with them a social profile to an Instagram page, you're not gonna get in, right? That's not a business. This is not something that's gonna continue to get sales the moment you stop. When you do something like Facebook and you know, you're doing Facebook organic, you are like a salesperson. And you once you stop outreaching and DMing people, you stop making sales. You're not building up any sort of online real estate that's like you're ranking for a keyword or you own a domain, right? This is something that people are searching up months and months and years after the fact. So people who don't have their own platform and you're not building your own platform, you're just not building a long-term business. You're just trying to get some quick one-off sales that are lucky and like the moment you stop is the moment the income stops coming in. You're not thinking long-term enough. And I think people should stop being just an affiliate start thinking like a real business owner where you have all these different assets and you know they're very tangible. And at the end of the day, I see too many people who are just so hyper-focused on being an affiliate that they actually have no sort of leverage because they don't actually own a brand. Okay, I'm curious your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think that I love the point about, you know, oh, just thinking like a affiliate instead of just like a business owner. I think a lot of people never get out of like the side hustle mentality and that yes. leads to you not succeeding and it leads to you not seeing how big people can take it. I don't think people all the time realize like their, their amount of companies that people started as, hey, I'm just an affiliate and they grow that into huge businesses that go and do other things as well is is staggering and if you don't think like that all like there's a reason like there's business schools and they teach business principles that can be applied across all businesses it's because that's what you need to do to succeed and tracking your costs using data figuring out where the revenue drivers are being open to other revenue opportunities not just yes. affiliate stuff you know someone might come to you with an amazing opportunity you go you know what hey that's a great way to sort of diversify my business yes and so i think not just thinking you know we see people all the time i remember we had someone who was making money just on Instagram with Amazon Associates. And then you know what? Amazon banned their account because yep. that kind of stuff, one, you're having to compete with everybody else who's doing that and you just aren't doing anything to stand out. So I really think this this learning to think like a business owner is really important. And you're not just doing some random side hustle. You know, You are actually creating a business. Yeah, and I wanna add to the different monetization methods. Look guys, I'm team affiliate marketing but I am not ignorant to the fact that you should diversify when you have a business. And when you do own something like a website or a YouTube channel, you can, you can monetize through many different means other than just affiliate marketing. 
You can do sponsorships with brands. You can do ad revenue, which actually can be significant if you're getting that amount of traffic. I know from my YouTube channel that ad revenue is actually something that, you know, I always kind of never think too much of, you know, compared to affiliate sales, but it is real, real revenue that at the end of the day, it still counts. Digital products, that's another thing that you can go into in consulting, freelancing, getting clients. These are all things that can come from having your own website, having your own online presence, having your own online business. But again, think like a business owner. Don't just be an affiliate. It's very like narrow-minded to just be zeroed in on just one thing. And that's coming from someone who is team affiliate marketing all the way. You guys know. But I'm just saying have an open mind and you know, be willing to try other things. And again, just diversify because it just strengthens your business as a whole. So moving on to the third mistake, which is not utilizing the latest technology and now AI to make your job easier. So there's a framework called jobs to be done. And as an affiliate, we are wearing so many hats and we have so many jobs to be done. Copywriting, content creation, web developer, web designer, video editor, graphic designer, SEO expert. And one thing I'm very grateful to affiliate marketing is it taught me all of these skills. And it's something I take for granted. I don't realize that most people just don't know how to even edit a video. And I never considered myself to be the greatest video editor at all. But like what I can do video editing wise and what I can do in a pretty short amount of time, it takes other people possibly days to do the same output. And so to me, and then even something like graphic design, I made a logo live using Canva for free in my last YouTube video, how to start a film marketing 2023. And graphic design is something that you just learn by having to do online graphics for your website, for ads, for you know um, your YouTube channel, thumbnails, et cetera, right? So all of these skills are things that I picked up while learning or doing affiliate marketing. And I could not have done this stuff without software each and every step of the way. And the thing with software is it just makes you more efficient as a one-person business. It turns you from just being a solopreneur to a full-time operation, but it's not without the use of technology, okay? So for me, one big thing that I did is when I transferred my sites from WordPress over to JetPage, that's one less thing I have to worry about is updating all those plugins and maintaining all my affiliate sites. And when you have a lot of affiliate sites or just websites in general, guys, it is so annoying to go through each and every one to log in, to log out, and to update all the plugins, update the core, update your theme. It takes time. And it takes time away from revenue generating activities. You'll see on that top five factors and more that none of the activities is like working on the security of your website. That's not what affiliates should be doing. You should be creating content. You know what I mean? You should be working on revenue generating activities always. But sadly, because we have to wear so many hats, we don't get to work exclusively on those activities as we should. So that said, I think my, my lesson from this is try to free up as much time as possible because the focus should be on the, the factors, the 80-20% that is going to generate the bulk of your sales. And again, you're an affiliate. You're not a web designer. You're not a web developer. So if you're spending your time doing these kind of menial tasks, you're not actually doing your job. Yeah, and I think it, it all sort of like thinking like a business owner, thinking like a CEO in terms of you need to be doing strategy and big initiatives to get those sort of big chunk plays of like getting driving new revenue. And I think a lot of times 
you know, you have a great idea that kind of falls by the wayside because then you get bogged down yes. doing the little things or being like, yes. oh, okay, well, you know, I got to build a logo and you spend your whole day building the logo. And then you're like, you know what? I should have just spent the $20 and gotten a nice logo and saved myself the headache because what's going to make you money are those big ideas where you're like, you yep. know what? I have this idea that's going to drive a bunch of new affiliate sales. That's what you need to go work on and use other things to speed up and invest a little bit to help that process. Let me give you one more concrete example I see a lot of like entrepreneurs do is something like making an LLC before you even have customers. You know, this is something that it looks like a productive activity on the outside to people who don't understand business. If you say, hey, I created an LLC today, people will be like, oh my goodness, you really built a business. But people who've been there, you know how easy it is to make an LLC. You know, you spend $129, you use one of these websites, and then boom, you have an LLC, and you may even upgrade to buy the, you know, that nice fancy binder to show people, look at my company. But if your company doesn't have customers, it doesn't have revenue, it doesn't have traffic, then that's all just vanity. So don't do these activities that they look productive on the outside and to other people, it impresses people who are like not in the know. You need to be focusing on your actual core competency and job. Now, I do wanna speak about AI. This has been a huge topic that's been popping up. I probably have to make a video soon. But chat GPT, GPT-3, open AI, okay? If you're unfamiliar with this, it's essentially a generative AI that you can write a prompt, like write me, you know, a paragraph or, you know, a thousand words on this topic or subject, and it will generate that in seconds. And the output is usually pretty, you know, quite good. Now with affiliate marketing, how does AI affect affiliate marketing? Because the way I see it is you have your affiliate content and informational content and affiliate content like product reviews, the AI cannot do these things well because again it's just predicting the next word that is most likely to come up but it can't have an original thought of like if it was reviewing a microphone it can't like get the microphone ship it out to them record and make audio uh, recordings for you to listen to it can't make a youtube video about it and when it comes to writing thoughts about it it's just going to be regurgitated thoughts probably from reviews that that it read online or you know it's just reviews from other products too because i tried doing this with certain products like air fryers and it just wasn't it could never really generate truly original thoughts that was specific to that product that model and that brand now i still think this ai is completely powerful for informational content that's answering questions and you know um popular queries about certain you know products or you know even certain questions about certain hobbies and such but when it comes to ai it's not something that's going to magically create this amazing product review content because that's not really what it was meant to do and it just it simply cannot there's limits to it so kit what are your thoughts on ai right now it's like the hottest thing ever and how does it affect the film marketing yeah, I think what's what's great is figuring out how you can use it effectively. Like you said, it's not great for doing reviews, but it's great to get you started. Like sometimes yes. the hardest thing is just getting started. Yes. And you, you, what really shines, honestly, is for reviews. Because with reviews, you really want to be exhaustive and cover every topic and question. And it's having it spit out outlines. Or if you get stuck and you're like, I'm trying to say this. But uh, it just doesn't sound quite right, or I need a different way to set it. I've used that word. We're all victims of using the same couple words again and again. Yep. You need to say it differently. It works amazing for that. You can't just let it do the work, but it can be a really amazing productivity tool if you factor it into, hey, I'm going to build the system for writing reviews. I'm going to get pictures of the product. I'm going to get my original thoughts out. I could even tell the AI, 
hey, here's here's what I know about it. Here's my thoughts. Help me formulate this into a little bit more of an expansive review. It's perfect for that. So understanding what it can do and what it can't do because it will pull stuff that's wrong and things like that, but it can be a really sort of partner and help your productivity, but yep. even if it can't just do the whole job for you. Agreed. And one more thing I want to say about sort of killing the creative juices or your creative workflow when you're having to deal with these like technical issues. This is something that I ran into so many times with WordPress because I would buy a lot of domains because I have a lot of ideas, right? And I would buy the domain first. And that's like the first step to getting a live, going from idea to like an actual business. The next step is building a website. And that's where most of these domains went to the graveyard to die because setting up another WordPress website was just like, I've done dozens of them and I've taught thousands of people how to do it. And I myself just don't have the willpower to, to do another one because it's just so much just tedious work. And the thing is, for my niche case study that I'm doing this year, qualityofplay.com, and it has to do with home office peripherals, gaming mice. This is something that I was able to set up on Jetpage in just minutes in my last video. And I would never could have done that with WordPress where I set it up in seconds. And it actually was seconds, not minutes. But you know, being able to spin up an idea so fast, have a custom domain connected to it and live on the internet, that's step one. And it is so great to be able to do that and act on that quickly. Nothing kills the vibe more than having to deal with technical issues. I know for my music production career, Sometimes, you know, you just want to work in an idea, but sometimes if the software is crashing, it just completely kills the vibe. So I, you know, 100%, I, you know, think this is an important thing to factor. Now, moving on to the fourth mistake, and this ties in with our last point, but the biggest SEO mistake you can make in 2023 that's going to tank your SEO is not having an even split between affiliate content and informational content. I think the ideal split 60% affiliate, 40% informational. If you're unfamiliar, affiliate content is going to be anything with affiliate links where you're selling something. Informational is going to be purely answering questions, FAQs, popular queries without selling anything. And Google doesn't really like when your site is 100% affiliate content, which is what most beginners do. They think like, oh, I'm not going to make content unless I'm making money. And they also take it further. They say, I'm not going to make content unless I have affiliate links. But it's like, well, to get affiliate links, you kind of need to have the content or have some sort of platform or website to get approved first. So, you know, look, guys, you can make content without getting paid. Like, I know it's like not ideal, but you can still make content and link to stuff without it being an affiliate link. It's not going to kill you. But you can replace it with affiliate links later once you get in. So, you know, don't let that stop you from starting to build these assets online. So 60-40 and the reason why is with Google's recent SEO updates with the product review update with the helpful content update. There's been many, many iterations of this just in the last two years alone. And everything is pointing towards, we hate low quality spammy affiliate websites. We love high quality affiliate websites, things like Wirecutter, you know, that kind of format where it's very like, here's our methodology, here's how we test things. Here, you know, that is very transparent. It's very, you know, again, you need to have these products in hand if you really want to have this level of quality content. Uh, that said, like, they're trying to crack down on the low quality sites. And guys, come on, there's there's so many low quality affiliate sites that are just content spinners, not even AI, but literally like copying and pasting content from other page one, uh, you know, ranking results. And then literally just copying and pasting that and changing a few words. And that's just, I mean, that's straight up just plagiarism, if you ask me. And so 60-40 affiliate uh, to informational content split. And yeah, Kit, your thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, and I think it's just, it's important to think too that some people just think of like, person interacts, they buy. But there's a, there's a funnel you're going to have to have and having that informational content allows people to get into your funnel. That's going to make people trust yes. you. You need people yes. to like and trust you. If it's just low quality, no one's going to buy. Like sometimes I think people think of like these visitors like a, a mice, like a rat in a maze that'll <laughs> just like, like a plinko ball like going down. Oh, and eventually yeah. just fall in and, and buy. Yeah. But if people don't like you and just think of the times you've searched and you find like through the fifth article, it says the exact same thing. You're not going to want to buy. But if you read something, you go, you know what? There's articles that explain this no matter what you're viewing. Like, wow, they really understand what makes a good camera. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I want to know what they have to say about, oh, they have a guide to their best cameras. I should read that. And so thinking about this, the sales process is more of a funnel where your informational content, even if it doesn't have links, is going to help you drive sales. 100% agree. It has to do with trust and trust is how you make sales guys. And, you know, sometimes I think, why does anyone ever buy, you know, through like an affiliate site or a niche authority site? But then just the other day, I actually stumbled upon a site and I read a few articles and that's rare to read even more than one article from the same site these days. But I read one and, you know, the person, the author, uh, it built a lot of trust with me, even in just that one article. And they're very informative and they gave me a lot of value. So I kept clicking through to the related posts that they had, which happened to really be like things that I want to learn more about. And I just kept going down the funnel of just being like, man, and this person, they did have coaching services and they did offer, you know, sort of like consult, uh, consultations. And I was really intrigued in doing this just from reading three articles on their website. So when it comes to expertise, authority, and trust, the EAT method, you need to have this content that, again, informational content is kind of like the best one to kind of convince people that you know what you're talking about and they can trust you. But when people trust you, it is such a powerful thing that you absolutely have to have as a requirement to get sales. But I think too many people gloss over this and think they can kind of skip the sort of trustworthiness and they can go right to the sale. That's not how things work, you know, in life and dating and anything like that. You don't just straight up get married. You have to, you know, really build up this relationship first. And it has to start very like, you know, casual. It has to start uh, very organic and natural. So moving on to the next next mistake and this one just every single year, especially around January, goal setting. And I've spoken a little bit about this, but the gist of it is results-based goals versus effort-based goals. And everybody has the, I want to make 10K per month. You know, what I have to say is focus on making $100 per month first before we start talking about 1,000, 10,000, all these crazy numbers. Let's start with your first dollar online. How about that, right? No, people just want to just skip to the good part, right? They just want to skip to, um, you know, just the overnight success. And it just doesn't work like that. And I recommend you make an effort-based goal. If you had a goal that was like, I will write and publish one high-quality blog post per week or one YouTube video per month because you know YouTube video is higher production value. It's, it's a little more difficult than the blog post. If you had that goal and you stuck with it for 52 weeks, you would be so much closer to that goal than if you ever just made the goal, the result based, like I want to make X amount of dollars. That's not a tactical strategy to get closer to that. You know what I mean? It's a nice to have. It's like, okay, great. You know, it's nice to dream. But it's like, if you don't have a tactical plan week to week, you're going to execute on, do not be asking for or thinking you're entitled to any sort of dollar amount until you put in the work first, then you can start making demands. But until you see the effort, until you see the actual output and it's published, it's live on the internet, you've spent 20% of your time marketing that content, right? Then 
you know, I see people have it backwards where they think that the money's just going to come without any of the work. And to add on to this, uh, the unrealistic timelines. So you have unrealistic like money goals, but there's also timelines. And look, if I quit in my first year, I would have made $0 with affiliate marketing. That is the honest truth. So that said, shiny object syndrome is something beginners have where they're just jumping from opportunity to opportunity, you know, and it's hard on YouTube. It's like every single video, there's like 10 hot passive income, make money online opportunities. It's hard to stick to just one in this day and age, right? Most people, they try something for two to three months, they quit. How do you expect to get any results in two to three months? If I tried learning guitar for two to three months and I wasn't backing it up by like, you know, practicing every single day, I was just like dabbling for like a couple minutes, like, you know, once every week. Why would I ever expect to be like the next John Mayer if, if I, if I try something for like two or three months, you know, these people spend decades working on their craft, right? So it's an insult, frankly, to think like you can just leap to the end. And to give you guys some concrete numbers though, on like timeline, you know, one to eight weeks is how long it takes just to index on Google. There's so many websites and pages being made every day that it takes time to just index six to nine months for the content to mature. And that doesn't even mean like it's going to be page one. It just means like that's when it's going to start generating some traction for the most part, you know, content that indexes quickly can start generating, you know, traffic and visits very quickly as well. But I'm just giving you sort of the overall averages and most sites I see, it takes around nine to 12 months of consistent once a week, twice a week posting for it to start to really generate some significant traffic. And then you can start getting the sales. And for my students, most students are successful on their third try, not their first, not the second. And they come from other business models too. So they've tried, you know, drop shipping, Amazon FBA, stocks. And, you know, they take the lessons from that and they're able to do better when they try affiliate marketing because it's not their first rodeo. If it was their first rodeo, then they're new to all these like things and, and the mindset and, you know, they're, they're easily discouraged. But if they've tried this and it's not their first rodeo, then they tend to see success a lot quicker and easier than, you know, complete, complete newbies. So my initial goal for this is like aim to get 40, 50 posts. And if it's YouTube, try to get 12 videos, 20 videos. And if it's TikTok, try and do two to three videos a week. Those are easier to make, right? If you do this for 52 weeks, one year, it is drastic the kind of difference it can make. Now, again, it, most people just quit three months in. That's what I've seen. It's a graveyard of a website, of a YouTube channel. They tried, they didn't get the results they wanted, and they just quit. And I don't blame them. It's discouraging, right? Uh, you work so hard, you make this stuff, nobody sees it. Yeah, but that's literally the nature of the game. And again, if it's not your first rodeo, then you would just know this. But you, you know, if you're a beginner, you don't know this yet. So I'm, that's why I'm trying to explain to you. Yeah, I, I, I think just a lot of people, they don't realize that once you start start doing these goals and doing you know the x effect doing something every single day like you will get addicted to it so when you set these effort-based yeah. goals you won't get as discouraged like oh i have even 100 things because you're too busy taking those actions so i think really remembering like those effort-based goals i think are really key and also i think making sure that you don't have a sunk cost fallacy of like when you've made bad decisions at the beginning of the day and you're super tired instead of doing the i think what kills people is when you go you know what i'll just get to bed and, and try again tomorrow yes just just do one thing yep. like 
an extra 30 minutes, an extra hour, like it won't affect your sleep that much and it will make all the difference in the world. Like I noticed myself the days where I, and I used to do in school, there was like work where you were just like, oh man, I've had such a bad day. I've eaten badly. I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just go to bed. I'm just going to watch some more TV and go to bed. You wake up, what do you do? You wake up the next day, super tired. You meant to get up at six. It's now like 8, 8.30. You lie on your phone, you're rushing, and it just keeps going. So remembering like with those effort-based goals too, even if you didn't hit that goal day, find some way, even if it's an abbreviated form of it. Hey, you said you were gonna work on a blog every day and you haven't done it and it's 10.30, you know what? I'm gonna set the timer for 25 minutes and just write stream of consciousness, I'll edit yep. it tomorrow. That makes a huge difference. Agreed. And, you know, break things down into bite-sized chunks, guys. When I was working a full-time job and I was making content for recording now, I had to do one piece of the content or the video and the website every single day. So for example, the first day I would just write an outline. Second day, I'd write the whole script. Third day, I would do a voiceover. And it took me a whole day, quote unquote day, because this is after my full-time job. Uh, It took me hours to do a voiceover because, you know, I was new to it and I was very self-conscious about my voice. So I recorded every line like five times. It was crazy. And then I do B-roll on the fourth day, just B-roll, you know, not even like putting it together. The last day I'd put together the voiceover, the B-roll, you know, the fifth day. And then the sixth day I would publish both on the website and on the YouTube channel. That's how you get it done with a full-time job. Okay. And you know, that's it. Like you have to break things down as much as you possibly can. Don't think that, you know, you have to write a 2000 word article today um, and get it done from start to finish. I mean, you know, that's like superhuman unless you use a little, you know, chat GPT. But that said, uh, I think this is great advice. It actually ties in with a book I've been reading lately. It's called The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal. Uh, It talks about willpower and it explains why we cannot break bad habits, why we struggle to create good habits. And it explains willpower from the science of it and the psychology. And I suggest you guys go check out that book. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. The YouTube video actually has 10 of these mistakes. We were able to get through half of them before we ran out of time. But if you guys are interested, check that out on my channel. Just search ODI Productions on YouTube. It's going to be the 10 biggest mistakes in the field marketing 2023. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know what step to take next for their business, I do have a free six-hour training on my website, ODIproductions.com. You just click Get Free Course button, top right you put your name your email you'll get a link to sign up on teachable and access the course today and that has all my advice for no matter what stage of the journey you're on you can just pick up exactly where you're at if you've never made a first sale if you have made your first sale if you're trying to make a thousand dollars a month no matter where you are i break it down all into the five different phases and people have been giving really really great feedback on this so if that's something you're interested in, please check it out and then give me your feedback as well. And what are some more things you do want me to talk about both on the YouTube channel, the podcast, um, or add to the free course? You can contact us at support at odiproductions.com. You can drop by, you know, say a line, say hello. Um, and thank you guys so much for the positive feedback you've been giving to us for the podcast. We've been trying to go strong this year and try and do one episode consistently every single week. And we appreciate all the downloads, the listens. We appreciate you guys so much. You keep us going. So we hope to catch you on next week and have a good rest of your day.